0: This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport, powered by fans. Marketers and advertisers, brands big and small, you've been after a special someone for a while now. You think they're into you. I mean, you share the same interests, both passionate about the same stuff. Why wouldn't they be? Wait. There's a moment of silence. It's finally just you two alone they're waiting. Go on, shoot your shot. You've got a voice. Use it now. Hearts are racing. Breathing becomes heavier. This is your chance to win them over. So what are you going to say? Get closer to your audience. Make podcast ads with Acast. Head to go.acast.com slash closer to get started. Hello and welcome to The Good Talk back again with you guys for another episode of what is the Arsenal Transfer Show. Joining you every morning at 8am UK time. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. Thank you, as always, for making this a part of your morning routines. It is very much appreciated. Um, Apologies, I think this morning might be the worst Wi-Fi this today that we've had. It's also not a particularly great morning uh, for a number of reasons. One, last night confirmed kind of everything i hate about camping uh we had a ridiculous kind of windy storm uh and we're kind of in a glamping tent which is like um something like a bit of a teepee and it's got like a big metal pole through the middle holding it up and the entire thing was shaking ridiculously very loudly just you know like a hotel room just wouldn't do that (laughs) and and as a result my sleep has been incredibly deprived so i'm working off about four ish hours of sleep last night so if i look like i'm tired it's because i am uh very plain and simple and then this morning i woke up and realized i'd not charged my laptop either so i'm currently running on what is 45 percent which is saying i have about an hour of battery but that's not the case because as soon as you use Streamyard on a laptop it drains the battery like crazy i can't plug it in in the car annoyingly so this might be a slightly shorter show than you used to um but hopefully i'm gonna rattle through your stories i'm already wasting time explaining things to you um but i wanted to make that clear and as to the reasons as to why but good morning to those joining us in the chat box it's very much appreciated do drop a like on the video and subscribe if you're new the good news is is that you've got What is it? Tuesday now. We got Wednesday's show tomorrow, and then I'm gonna be back home on Thursday. So it'll be all back to normal, all new surround, all usual surroundings. We'll resume and uh, we'll go from there. But good morning! Uh, Thank you to everybody joining us in the chat box. Uh, (laughs) Harbour Wall says, honestly, how would you survive the zombie apocalypse by doing an eight AM show? somewhere in the world. That is that is what I would do. Anyway, good morning to everybody joining us in the chat box and uh, I very much appreciate uh, all of you tuning in as always. Let's crack on with today's story, shall we? First of all, following Balogun uh, increases the number of suitors that are interested in his signature. Uh, AC Milan, I said to be the latest team amongst, as we know, a number of others, Marseille, RB Leipzig, Inter Milan, Crystal Palace, Brighton, uh, there's more as well out there and I'm sure others that are not even being reported at uh, this moment in time. But following Balogun remains a key part of uh, the summer plans for Arsenal. He's involved in the tour of, of both Germany and if he's still here, he will go on the US tour as well. Uh, and that'll be a really big moment for him. There are suggestions that he is being involved in some of the the MLS All-Star challenges that are taking place. So there is an expectation that he will indeed um, be part of that uh, squad. So unless he leaves before the tour to the US, um, we'll see him involved uh, in those. But still question marks remain over his future. I've been having a few discussions on social media in comment sections with people saying that like using words like arrogance, saying that he's too entitled now. I find this ludicrous when I ask for examples they rarely are given. Um, I just think that he's doing what any young player would do that finds their pathway in their current team blocked at this point, which is, you know, to potentially fight in some ways, which he has done, but also to be open to opportunities elsewhere. I think that's also going to be, you know, really, really important for him as a player is to find opportunities elsewhere if they do indeed arise. Uh, Samuel Conga unfortunately had a bit of an injury problem that's why you've not seen uh sambi in any of the uh, promotional footage of the trip to germany he has suffered what is said to be a muscular problem um he posted on instagram and he says he'll sadly be part not be part of the summer camp with the team in germany i'm focused now on my recovery to prepare the season and be ready to help the team at my fullest capacity so whether or not this is a kind of a a long-term issue remains to be seen. Of course, Mikel Arteta, you'd assume we're facing the press ahead of the game against Nuremberg. So we should find out some indication about what's going on with him when we hear from the manager, hopefully this week. So that's a frustration, especially for a club that... Hoping to see him, you know, moved on, I think, and sold. This doesn't help that scenario. Let's see if there's a re- resolution to this very soon. Sergei Milinkovic-Savic, a name that has been on the lips of many Arsenal fans for quite some time and continues to do so, but not for the right reasons. Uh, Milinkovic-Savic seems to be leaving Lazio, but it is not going to be to Arsenal. Al Halal, another Saudi Arabian side, uh, have basically made their move for the player in which we'll see him cost around 40 million euros uh, to move to Saudi Arabia. He'll also earn a significant amount of money, as have the majority of players that are moving uh, to the Middle East to play in the Saudi league. Uh, But Arsenal, did they miss out on Milinkovic Savic? Well, at this point in time, they don't necessarily have the desire to push for a player like Milinkovic-Savic with with Thomas Partey, of course, his future still very much up in the air. It doesn't seem, at least in any case, at this point in time, that there's a necessity to bring in uh, a replacement. Even that said, Milinkovic-Savic and Partey are very different style of players. Lavia, who we've been linked to, is more stylistically what you'd see Arsenal, I think, approach a player of that ilk if they were going to replace Partey. Uh, Milinkovic-Savic, much more of a offensive box-to-box style player that is versatile enough to play in a number of centre-midfield roles. But the age profile doesn't necessarily suit the strategy that Arsenal have currently been moving towards in the window. So all of those factors combined, I think, combines in this case anyway to see milinkovic um, savic probably rightly not move to Arsenal. But I would have been keen on it, but he wouldn't have been at the top of my list um, of players potentially we could have brought in during this Window moving ahead to our penultimate story. A lot of question marks continue to circle around, as you can imagine. At Declan Rice, the player has still not been announced as an Arsenal uh, record signing. Now, reports coming out yesterday Sky Sports reported this ex West Ham United employee also reporting that Arsenal's lawyers are said to still be checking the wording of the agreement before signing off on the deal. Now, I want to make people very aware of the fact that this is incredibly normal especially for a deal of this magnitude, deals that are hundreds of millions of pounds that aren't release clauses, things like this, and that are negotiated, take a long, long time. And so the wording of the agreement is obviously things that are like clauses, when things are going to be paid, when certain structures and clauses are activated. And Arsenal's lawyers, in this case, if we are to believe these reports, uh, will be just doing the fine toothcomb comb checks around that. Uh, We know that Declan Rice has been to London Colney. We know that medicals have been going on and taking place as well. We know all of that has been going down. And because of that, I I don't think there's any need to panic at all. But when the money is at this level you are being as meticulous as feasibly possible. We know that there's been an agreement between the clubs for quite some time on the on the price and it's just about the finer details being discussed and Arsenal's lawyers checking through everything as well and trust me documents involved in these types of transfers are big, very very big indeed. So hopefully we should see an announcement for Declan Rice this week. There's always been an expectation that that will happen. Um, and I'm confident that he'll be ready and signed up and registered to go on the US tour. But I would be surprised to see him uh, in the game against Nuremberg. Who knows? Maybe we'll have a surprise. But I think we'll see an announcement, um, you know, this this week certainly is what we're confident about. So there you go. Uh, what I would say is that I did see some interesting stories dropping around West Ham. Uh, they are struggling in the market to replace Declan Rice. They've had some issues uh, on their unsadly sadly, because the money that's involved uh, in the Declan Rice deal means that um, <laughs> they, every club that they try and buy from knows that they've got a significant amount of money. And because of that, they're not going to be able to, you know, they're not going to be able to negotiate a cheaper deal. James Ward-Prowse is said to be asked for around thirty-five million pounds. There's been suggestions that João Palinia could be as much as $90 million, uh, to get move him from Fulham. So there's a lot of things going on in this deal around Declan Rice and around West Ham that's not suiting them now. They've got that significant amount of money through the door. To be honest, I'm kind of glad about that. Karma is karma. And uh, it'd be ironic if they're not even able to bring a replacement in this summer. Now, our headline story of the day, uh, a report coming out from Italy. Uh, What we've seen and what we've noticed is a number of things, actually, um, so far surrounding Victor Ozymen, the Nigerian international striker, uh, could indeed leave, not this summer, but next summer. Arsenal have been one of the clubs that have been named amongst potential suitors in the future to sign the Napoli striker. The Napoli president Delorientis, who we know is notoriously difficult to negotiate with, he says, we will see Victor Oseman wearing our shirt next season, that's for sure. So, in regards to Uh, A move this summer in 2023, not feasible, not possible. He continues by saying, then if a more than a more than decent, I think he means a more than indecent proposal, uh, he says, more than indecent proposal arrives, we will move on and find another top talent as we did with Kovac and of course, Ozymen as well. And we know that Napoli have continued to sign quality players, create gems of themselves, you know, find young stars and turn them into real top talents in Serie A like Zielinski being one, of course, as well. Um and many, many down the line. I something Lozano from PSV turned into one of the most, you know, prolific strikers through his prime years at Napoli Krachgelia, as De Lorientes mentions as well, fantastic young player that they brought in, have turned into one of the most expensive wingers in the world. And Ozymen as well, but they did spend a lot of money on Ozymen when they signed him from Lille. But if Arsenal are to be there, in 2024, which you when you think about, and I see a comment here from Naz, who says, Ozymen, phase five. We hear a lot about the whole phase three, phase four, phase five type things about Arsenal. You look at a player like ozuman moving for more than £100 million, maybe more than £120 million. You look at that as kind of a phase five type deal that Arsenal could end up trying to do. So let's wait and see through until the summer of 2024. Will Arsenal indeed be in the fold for Ozymen? We're going to have to wait and see. But that brings an end to part one. Let's move to part two and your questions right after this. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood f. so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes at McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app right then uh continually uh thank you everyone that continues to support and donate to the cancer mcmillan uh fundraiser that we're doing uh, we're closing in on 1200 pounds so i thank you everyone that has indeed donated uh, let me give a bit of a shout out to some of the recent people kirsty kyle chloe um daniel john ed steve uh steve as well uh natasha pat thank you everyone for continuing to donate it means so much to us and we look forward to taking part in the challenge at the end of this month those of you that are based outside of the uk i look forward to speaking with you when i've returned from holiday on friday um i'll be working thursday but uh, on friday i'll be hoping to get in touch with people about that and how you can donate if you're not based in the uk right then We're going to use the Q&A slide because I don't know how clear uh, the visuals are as well. Um, But let's move to the uh, chat box. Marcus says, this is not a Marvel movie. Yes, the phases uh, we're discussing. I mean, I hope that Arsenal's phase four is better than Marvel's phase four. That's for sure. Uh, Faisal says, good morning, Tom. What do you think can Patino uh, do in Zinchenko's role? He's never played the Zinchenko role, so I'm not sure that's the right place of Patino to play I don't think you'd start him at left back and expect him to move there for into midfield and then when defending come back into that left back role I don't think that's the right way forwards personally for him I could be wrong but I just don't think that's the right place for Charlie Patino but I'm always willing to be proven wrong so let's wait and see but I don't think we're going to see Patino in that role I think we're going to see Patino leave this summer that's certainly the indication that we've been given and we're hearing about Charlie Patino, But there's been no noise on that front. But he's not travelled with the squad to Germany unless he's somehow gone under the radar a little bit. But uh, at the moment, still remains a player that could leave Arsenal on a permanent deal this summer. Um, Only Roll sixer says, yeah, hate the words process and project just as much. But it is what it is. I mean, Arteta specifically has used those words, process, project. The reason why they get used because that's what the manager uses to describe Arsenal's journey. It's a process. It's a project. These are just words that get used to kind of uh, as, as synonyms for the journey that Arsenal are on as a club. And we can't say that the project has not been in terms of kind of getting Arsenal back to the level that they need to be a, a bit of a success. So that's going to be really important. Um, going to uh, Louis says, why is the Saudi league all of a sudden buying players for huge fees? Like not just a couple of teams, most of them all season. Not like slowly growing to be spending this much. Do they have FFP? I don't, it's a good question actually. I'm curious to know how kind of FFP, if you like, affects the Saudi clubs. What you have to remember that is the way that FFP works, it's kind of spread over a long period of time. So it's how many losses are made over a a consistent period. So I imagine that they're not restricted by FFP, at least at the beginning of this kind of project, but was it Angie, uh, the Russian side, Angie Makal? I can't remember the full pronunciation of the name, and I'm not even going to attempt it, but I'm pretty sure that they faced a lot of FFP issues after they spent a ridiculous amount of money um, buying up players like Samuel if you remember him, Um, was it Basufa, I think the Moroccan international as well, Um, they faced, I think, issues, who knows, maybe Saudi teams will soon face FFP problems in the not so distant future, we'll have to wait and see um byron says morning tom i've been a bit of a dc fan over marvel anyway a uh, question with havertz rice timber and basically done who do you think we should get in to round off the window for me i've always been open to the idea of a right back coming in i've kind of championed that idea and i certainly know that arsenal have interest in right backs we've reported on jeremy Frimpong, reported on ivan fresneda and uh, there's been suggestions from germany that benjamin henriks is another player that could also be very interested, uh, or rather the club are very interested in signing. So a right-back is certainly something I'm very open to. Kieran Tierney leaves, Tommy Asu moves to the left-hand side. Those things kind of come together, and I think you've then got enough space to add a different style of right-back to the squad. The other area continues to be central midfield, of course, as well. And then, depending on what happens with Balogun and Ketia, could we need another forward? Maybe. Is Havertz-Trossard one of those two that I've mentioned already, and Jesus, enough? for that center forward position. Maybe even Martinelli could play there too. We've seen other players that play as false nines like Smith-Rowe, Vieira. I still think we could do with something different up top, but only if Balogun leaves. If not, it'd be great if we could keep him. I think it depends a lot on outgoings, to be honest. The only positions I see maybe still there being scoped to reinforce without outgoings is that right-back position. Centre midfield and forward line, I think we're going to need uh, kind of a, an outgoing to see that potentially happen. Let's have a quick look down to some more questions as well. Let's check on the battery as well. That's a really important thing. We're good for a little bit. We might we might get a few five more minutes or so of questions left. Uh, Alpha Dan says, uh, "Are you enjoying your break? Heard glamping isn't your thing, and no Arsenal news isn't helping the time pass either." Uh, we've had a little few tidbits of news, of course, but not specifically massive breaking stories. There's a lot of kind of indirect secondary Arsenal stories. We talked about Vlaovic yesterday. We talked about men today. and uh, Mbappe has been talked about a bit as well. But, yeah, we are kind of lacking those big breaking stories that we had at the start of the window. And that's, in a way, a good thing because it means Arsenal got their priority business done early. We're waiting for the timber announcement. Who knows? Could it be today? We'll have to wait and see. Rice, we're waiting for that massive announcement as well, and that should hopefully happen this week. Um but in terms of the holiday, I'm enjoying the holiday. I'm not enjoying the sleeping. The sleeping's the worst bit. I just don't know why. You wouldn't just book a hotel anyway. I'm hoping the missus isn't watching this. <laughs> She's not because she'll be sleeping. Because neither of us did much sleeping last night because it was ridiculously windy and we couldn't sleep. Um, let's go to boom 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 boom. Dylan says, Tom, haven't seen any photos or anything about Tierney in regards to the German tour. Is he with the group? Yes, he is with the group. Yes, there are photos of Tierney there uh, he is absolutely there so there you go um there's no ffp in the saudi league says people in the chat box well there you go so it must be a uefa thing um that's why i rely on you guys to fill me in the gaps of my knowledge and certainly ffp being kind of that european thing it seems means that they are who are they restricted toward i guess no one And I guess that's what they're certainly working toward as well. Uh, Josie says, Tom, love your show. Every night at 3 a.m., you must be one of our Western listeners based over in North or South America. Thank you so much for listening, Josie. Very much appreciate the dedication to tuning in live at 3 a.m. in the morning. You can catch up. I always tell people if they are tuning in live at a ridiculous o'clock, do make sure you catch up. Get yourself some sleep. It's always important to make sure you get enough of that. Uh, Ayan says, Tom, why are people kind of against the Saudi League buying players with huge fees? Is it not what the Premier League has been doing for decades, buying star players from other leagues, even from non-European countries? Ayan, I, you know, I think that you've listened to the show long enough to know that I've never said that I've ever had a problem with the Saudi clubs buying players. I've never had a problem with players being paid you what Huge wages and going there either. You know, it's a, it's a problem that if it is a problem, which I'm not saying that it is, but if it's a problem that the Premier League identify as such, then it's up to them to battle with the Saudi leagues and to continue to to kind of elevate, if you like, the European side of football. Could it be something which, in a way progresses us towards a bit of a European Super League scenario happening maybe we know that FIFA are interested if not already I think throwing the the cogs into motion of expanding the Club World Cup and I think that's certainly something that could happen in the future you could see um, a Middle Eastern side a Saudi side winning the, uh, winning the, the Club World Cup potentially and becoming competitive globally is football becoming competitive is football becoming competitive globally a bad thing I don't think so. People don't like change. People don't like the idea of players that they've watched in Europe move into leagues where they're not necessarily going to watch those leagues. We've seen it with players moving to China before. We've seen it with players moving to the MLS before. But I think that those leagues, specifically the MLS, have done great work in really um, promoting and improving and sustaining. Whereas the Chinese league, for instance, had no sustainability at all to it. And that's why it's fallen away significantly. And then you look at somewhere like Saudi Arabia, and it seems that this is a sustainable Investment in that league that will see a continuation of this process of buying players. The idea is to buy established players now, players towards the end of their contracts, some that are in their prime, like Milinkovic Savic, and eventually develop the grassroots level and improve it. But Saudi Arabia have already done something big on the international stage by beating the team that soon would become world champions in Argentina in the group stage. That was a massive achievement. And one of the biggest kind of moments of the World Cup was that game. So people don't like change. People don't like the fact that the Champions League is changing. In 25, 26, it's going to be a round-robin competition. You know, it's going to turn into something that we've not had. But the reality is, is the Champions League is still a fairly young competition, only coming around in the early 1990s, turning into the format that we know it as today from what was the European Cup, where only the league winners would be involved in the tournament. And to be honest, that is a Champions League. It's a league full of teams that have won their respective leagues. The Champions League is not, ironically, a namesake of what it actually is. It's teams that have qualified through finishing fourth. Next season, it could be uh, rather 25, 26. It could be teams that finish fifth uh, or sixth or teams that haven't even finished in those top ticks but have historical merit to get themselves into those competitions. So hardly we can look towards the Saudi Arabian League and be dismissive of it when we know that the European side of things has hardly you know, covered itself in glory with changes. If change is bad, then you can't be keen on what UEFA are doing. But to be honest, I just love football and I love Arsenal and I'm always going to watch Arsenal. I'm going to continue to watch Arsenal, whether they play in the Club World Cup, the UEFA Cup, the Champions League, the Milk Cup, you know, whatever they play in, I'm going to watch them. I'll absorb it. I'll talk about it. And we'll watch and hope that they win every trophy that they can get involved in. Cause that's what we want. But, uh, a lot of it is to do with money. We know that. We're not going to be naive to that. We know that's the case. It's not going to stop us watching things. Um, but let's wait and see. Let's wait and see what happens. Uh, I'm not going to judge until we kind of see the ramifications of all of this as well. Uh, Josie says, would Mini deal attract Mbappe? Uh, kind of this is related to the story around if Mbappe goes to Real Madrid, they'll need to raise some Funds to buy him, could they let Chua Many go? Would Arsenal be one of the teams that are interested? Again, I maintain that from my side of things, I've heard nothing regarding Chua Many to Arsenal. It's just not a deal I've heard all that much about, if anything at all. So I'm sorry to burst any bubbles on that front, but I've just not heard anything to suggest I'd be willing to jump on that train just now. That doesn't mean that there isn't interest that exists that I've just not heard about, or that a deal might not happen. Just at this moment in time, it's not something that we're necessarily. Looking at as far as I'm understanding, uh, Mark says, uh, at striker, can you explain the links to Arsenal, uh, from Arsenal to El Yawahi, the Montpellier 20 goal season striker, when we already have Balogun, If we don't sell him, wouldn't it be better to keep flow? Of course, it would be better to keep flow. I did an article in football. London with Jeremy Smith asking him the questions, why would we sign El Yawahi when we've already got following Balogun? The idea, I guess, is that he might be more open. To competing for a spot in the team than Balogun might be. Balogun, as we've heard, is not keen on going on loan. I think he's keen to be a regular starter. Um, whereas El Yawahi might be more open to being more of a sub at first and gradually earning his place in the team. That's an assumption, but that's, I can for me, that's the only reason I can come up with any kind of, you know, reason for why Balogun wouldn't be, you know, wouldn't be necessarily. Um, obviously uh, leaving if it wasn't for Wahi coming in to be more open to the idea of competing, to be honest. That's that's kind of it, to be fair. Um, the Emirates faithful, says Tom, if they had to have champions of every league playing Champions League, you will have 10 teams playing, which wouldn't make UEFA enough money. I can't disagree with that comment. That's exactly why the Champions League was expanded, because it brought in a lot more money. Um you could open up a Club World Cup where just the champions of each nation play in a Champions League, but that would not be good for UEFA, so would never happen. Why do you think UEFA was so angry that the Super League was happening? Because it was nothing to do with UEFA, and it would cost them massive amounts of money if it happened. So, of course, that's why the Super League was massively thought of against. Obviously, there were other ethical, um, competitive reasons why the Super League was a bad idea, but... I can absolutely see a Super League happening in the future. Like it's, I feel like it's almost an inevitability that a Super League is going to happen at some stage. And I can't begrudge... And I never, ever begrudged Arsenal's owners for putting ourselves into the competition if it was every other team was doing it. And when Josh did that whole thing about we didn't want there to be a Super League without Arsenal in it, I I can't begrudge that because... If the Super League had gone ahead, imagine if it had and we stood by our principles of not being in a Super League and not been involved in it. Do you know what I mean? And it had gone ahead as planned and gradually absorbed more teams in and we just stayed outside of it. Arsenal would become far less competitive. They would fall down the Premier League table if that continued in its existing format because the money that would have gone into other teams like um, Chelsea and Man City and Man United and Spurs, who were definitely involved in it as well, I can't begrudge Arsenal for saying that they were they felt that they had to join up with that whole tournament idea because if they hadn't have done that and if it had gone ahead, it would have been massively financially damaging. What I have such credit for to the club is the fact that they, like other teams, recognised the disparity, the issues that were involved in it, and left. You know, and I know some people turn around and say, "Well, they didn't really have any choice; everybody else was leaving." But from my perspective, I like to look at it from the perspective of you know, fair play for them holding up their hands, apologising. I think we can all agree that since that point, since the whole Super League fiasco, that the whole relationship between the ownership and the fans has improved significantly. Arsenal have progressed as a club in a great direction, and we've 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 gained more. You know, I think communication. Um, I'd like to see more, but um, I think it's improved the relationship, if anything, since that point as well. Um let's go to as Pennywin says, I'm glad the Super League happens because KSE have been awesome since then. Uh Cody says, Tom, how much leverage do we have with the Balogun sale? Considering more teams are interested in his Stella last season. We have a lot of leverage. We have two years left on his contracts, to my understanding. We have a lot of teams that are intrigued. And there's a reason why we've apparently, reportedly, set a 50 million pound minimum price tag. You know, all of those things combined. Um, have left us in a really good position with Balogun. I don't think we're going to have to worry about getting a good fee for him because I think that's hopefully, if he does move on, and I'd rather he stayed, but if he does move on, then hopefully we're going to get a good fee for him. I think that's kind of where we sit in that regard. Um, let's go to... Mayer says, historical merit is not right in any league, in my opinion, as it should be always on the basis of current performance and a position of club in the league. Agreed. And I don't think any any tournament, any competition should ever qualify you just because of historical merit. Um, Ironically, the Champions League that a lot of people love in its current format still has historical merit as part of, in a way, its seeding system. Um, So... That that also is a factor in the current and the, the new version of the Champions League is also going to have a historical merit. And I think also fifth place potentially in the Premier League will become a Champions League qualification spot as well, if not already is becoming that for this season. So just watch this space on the Champions League front because lots of changes are happening. Anyway, we're going to round the sh- uh, show off there. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. It's very much appreciated. Do drop a like on the video, of course, and subscribe to the channel if you're new around here with those notifications turned on so you never miss a show. Have a fantastic day. Enjoy yourselves. I'm going to have to catch up on some sleep. Uh, It's very much needed. Uh, Hopefully, as I say, I'll be bringing you information about our live show. I'll be telling our members about that, of course, first. So if you'd like to support the channel and get information on when our live show in London will be happening before anyone else, make sure you go to the link in the description and join us as a channel member. Um, But it's been an absolute pleasure to speak with you. Please drop a like. Please subscribe if you're new. We're very close to hitting 50,000 subscribers have a great day. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates are around And you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go. And you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in. And you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points perfection order now on the mcdonald's app for your mc delivery you in at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com botox cosmetic out botulinum toxin a fda approved for over 20 years so talk to your specialist to see if botox cosmetic is right for you for full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.